Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, reunited with the Code Alaski deck. How was your trip? Oh, it was it was great. Um, it's probably the first, I think, real vacation I've been on in uh, over a year. You know, so uh, that was that was pretty cool. Went out to Colorado, did some skiing and snowboarding. I'm currently quarantining at the moment. Um, but yeah, that was nice. Like it was, I was all masked up. I was pretty much outside, just you know, it's on the mountain most of the time. Um, got yeah. to relax, get away from work. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love skiing. It was my last ski for the year, and it was probably the best skiing I've I've ever done in my entire life. Um, we I hit like 12k elevation at one point, which is 12,000 uh, feet. Since I know I don't know how you do it in Canada, but that's pretty that's a lot here in the states. We we do yeah we do the uh, same. Okay thing. okay. Um, so you understand? But so that was that was a good assumption to make. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, how y'all do it up there if you do it in kilometers or whatever, but um meters. But yeah, it was awesome. Some of the best skiing of my life. Like fresh pow, going through trees off you know cliff sides like mountains. I was oh it was awesome. It was so cool. Um, it was nice to uh, burn some vacation days I had saved up from last year. Um, so yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. And now I'm back at home quarantining. I've I picked up a new hobby. I bought myself um, two uh, Xbox One Kinect cameras, and I'm trying to build a uh, a DIY motion capture studio in my apartment, which is <laughs> which has been fun to say the least. It's currently not so successful, go. but it's uh, but it's been fun to to dig into. And if anyone is is good at that stuff. If you know any motion capture stuff or how to, like, I don't know, rig animations and work with skeletons and Blender or Source Filmmaker, hit me up. I would love your help because I've hit a brick wall, so to speak. But it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad to be back. Um, I listened and, and took a, a listen to last week's episode with Rod. That was a, a good, fun time. And it seemed like you two were, were right on right on, on point for, for that topic. So I'm glad to be back, though, yeah. that being said. Yeah. How are you, how are you doing? You know what? I'm I'm doing great. I was gonna say you would love it up here because we got so many like ski hills and and places and and whatnot. We actually um, Calgary back in I think it was '88 had uh, the Winter Olympics, so we have like some pretty rocking ski stuff still and snowboarding stuff. So that's awesome. I, I, if you're into that stuff, you would uh, you'd you'd be loving a trip to Calgary, I'm sure. Um, but I'm doing pretty good. Nothing nothing really uh, fun or exciting to report for me, unfortunately. Other than I. And continually trying to finish the latest Inspired by Metroid <laughs> game that we're playing. I don't think I'm going to finish it, and I will spill my guts on that when we get to that. But, um, yeah, nothing nothing terribly exciting, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, I do want to, uh, to give a quick shout-out out there to any Metroid artists that, uh, that happen to be, you know, looking for... Uh, I don't know, just some some work or if they're looking to just help out a, another pod. Um, our buddies over at World 1-1 Podcast have been looking for, for artists to make some Metroid art. So if you're interested in that, uh, give them a follow and, and connect over uh, on Twitter at World 1 underscore 1 Podcast. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing terribly uh, exciting on my end, unfortunately. But I am excited to unravel the mystery of and peel the layers back and dive into the anomaly, the myth, the fable known as Metroid Dread. Yeah. Wow. Metroid Dread. What a game. The game that never was really, I think. I can't think of a game that has Man. has never come out that I've wanted to come out so much and, and really never did. 
And obviously, as a Metroid fan, it could have been awesome. We're still waiting for it or something like it. Um, yeah, it's it's so crazy to go back and, and read through a lot of like what happened with Metroid Dread because we still don't know really too much. And, and honestly, after going through the history again today and over the weekend, it doesn't seem like there was really there much there to begin with. But it's still fun to go back no. and, and, and relive some of it because I remember some of the reporting. I remember, you know, being hyped for it year after year and and even learning some stuff I didn't know, you know, until I had done this dig. So, uh, yeah, the, I love these kind of history, you know, episodes. I know we did one on, like, the history of Metroid Prime and its development. That's one of my favorite episodes that we've done on the show. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. And digging into the history of Dread was, was a lot of fun. So I'm hoping everyone enjoys it. Yeah, and it's just like... Man, it's one of those like mythical games at this point that, you know, it's it's crazy that we've been talking about Metro Dread for 15 years and it still yeah. has never come out, but it still is in like the conscious of all of these Metroid fans minds and and really that's because we we never did get that 2D Metroid sequel. You know, eventually of course we got Samus Returns, but it wasn't it wasn't Dread. It, it wasn't that that kind of unicorn if you will of a game that you know fans have been longing after for so long so i you know i'm I'm excited to dive into all of the history and the rumors and the whispers mm -hmm. about metroid dread i guess before we get there though dak when is like do you remember the first time that you ever heard about this did you hear about it right at the beginning like back in god would have been 2005 by now uh, you know i'm I don't know. I definitely don't think I heard about it when in, in 2005, because in 2005, I was 12 years old. I definitely knew what E3 was, but like, you know, I was just like a kid. I don't think I had really like, I still wasn't that hard into like news, I think. But at the same time, maybe I was because I wanted, I'm trying to think if I was on the Nintendo Insider forums by then. I think I joined the Nintendo Insider forums by 2006. So if I were to put a year on it, I think that's when I, I heard about Dread. It was around 2006, around that time. And then obviously the, the corruption scan in 2007. But I want to say it was around mm -hmm. 2006 is when I first started getting more into like Nintendo like discussion and, and news and whatnot and joining like the Nintendo Insider Forums. Shout outs to anyone who was on the Nintendo Insider Forums. If you knew someone named CCM30, that was me. Hit me up. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's when I first started getting into the kind of, you know, more video game discussion as a kid. And so I'm, I'm assuming that's when I first heard about Dread, um, because I was a big Metroid fan back then too. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely, I don't, I, if I remember correctly, I definitely didn't like know about it in 2005, like when it was supposed to apparently have been revealed or something like that. It, but, because yeah, I'm thinking back and I think that I did because I, used to be on do you remember do you ever go to game facts or game faqs for oh yeah i know game out facts, there? Yeah. i wasn't on there a lot but i was a lurker on game facts so i when i was uh when i was an early teen i was on the uh, the message boards there all the time shout out if you knew anybody is brainstruck that was me um and i used to go on onto board eight which was like their character contest board and like i was always kind of you know there was a mix of games and social talk and, and whatever and i remember someone talking about metro dread and by this point I was a huge Metroid fan. Like I was, you know, I'd played Super Metroid Prime. I'd played every Metroid game that there was to play at this point. So I was like so excited. And then, um, like, I just remember that Metroid Prime 3 scan and just being like shell shocked when I finally got there. Cause I, and you know, we'll, we'll get to this when we get there in the episode, but I was like, Oh, I'm sure it's coming. It's coming. Yes. And it never <laughs> did. So said. I remember that being just like a massive moment for me. Uh, I don't know. It's just an interesting just an interesting tale of, of 
you know, how all this came to be and how it's kind of like Metroid Legend at this part. But um, yeah, I guess yeah. let's let's start from the beginning. You, you've got uh, you got one heck of an analysis here on the timeline of uh, of Metroid Dread here, Dak. So I'm just going to throw it over to you. I'll offer some thoughts, but I'll, I'll let you uh, drive the ship here. Oh, for sure. And, and shout outs to Wikitroid, the, the Metroid fandom uh, Metroid wiki. It's where I got a lot of these sources from, and I just sort of digged into the sources behind the Metroid Dread page there. So if you are, you know, want to follow along a little bit, that's certainly not a bad place to start. Also, shout outs to the Wayback Machine, because I had to use that to recover some of this information and do a little bit more of a deeper, uh, deeper dive, excuse me, uh, into, into the game or not game or whatever. Um, so yeah, so shout outs <laughs> to them. Um, yeah, so let's do it. So let's get into it. Uh, and I, I love this history stuff, so I'm really excited to go into it. Yeah, we got to yeah. start back in 2005. May 2005 was E3 2005. I was, I had, I don't think I had turned, I was 11 years old at this point. My birthday's May 30th. So I wasn't even 12 years old yet. Um, I, I don't even know if I knew what E3 was at that point, maybe. But apparently, at some point, unbeknownst to the public, Metroid Dread was supposed to make an appearance at, in, at the E3 2005 or at the very least some reference was supposed to be made to it or media some selective groups of media had received some kind of materials or information about metroid dread at e3 2005 a month later we get the as far as we know the first like public knowledge of metroid dread which was in a june 2005 issue of game informer according to this game informer issue um metroid dread was you know, being listed on Nintendo's upcoming games list. But when I digged into further, most of the details that come from this Game Informer announcement really come from the forums. Um, I had to go on the Wayback Machine to find the post, but I found the original thread based on this uh, article. It was an Ask Game Informer thread posted on their forums where someone was asking about that edition of the magazine. Uh, Someone named God of Destruction, wherever you are, asked on... uh, 9.44 a.m. on August 2nd, 2005, asking about... That is um, precise. Precise. Uh, precisely <laughs> at that moment. Where were you on August 2nd, 2005 at 9.44 a.m.? Um, God, I don't know. This person, God of Destruction, asked, you know, I've uh, searched numerous publications. I've searched the official site. I'm assuming uh, Nintendo's or even Game Informers. Can't find anything about the game. In the June issue under Nintendo's 05 list, I remember hearing about it. So, or rather, he says that I can't seem to find anything on the game you mentioned, Metroid Dread. In the June issue, Game Informer, under Nintendo's 05 list. I remember hearing about it somewhere else, but all the details are gone. Was the game not announced? A mod named G.I. Rainer. So if anyone knows who that is. Uh, so this is this is a mod, not a writer, not someone who was on the magazine. A mod of the site says, it's a direct sequel to Metroid Fusion and it will be on the DS. Another mod says, beautiful gamer. Uh, they haven't done it officially, but Nintendo reps certainly aren't denying Dread's existence at E3. I'm assuming E3 2005. Uh, some Nintendo of America guys were a little surprised that there wasn't at least a video of it during the press conference. Take that for what it's worth, I guess. So it seemed like these mods either were talking out of their, their behind or they were privy to some kind of information that was likely shared at that past show that year, but never was officially announced. Um, so my, my so yeah. two cents here That's the first we heard be, about it. Um, because you a little bit later in the timeline too, we're gonna hear about this internal like memo almost with upcoming releases, um, mm-hmm. and all of those games would eventually be released, with the exception of Metroid Dread, and that's where IGN editor Craig Harris says that he first learned about Metroid Dread. So I would be, I I think that 
it is somewhat reasonable to assume that the Game Informer people probably saw this same internal memo, but maybe it, it just strikes me as weird because like it seems like if they saw an internal memo, they probably weren't supposed to report on it, but then they went ahead and did it. These four moderators kind of strike me as, and this is just me freestyling and assuming and, and I have no idea, but to me, I would say like, these are probably moderators that kind of treat Game Informer as the Bible. Like whatever Game Informer publishes is going to be correct. It's going to be right. And they're going to defend that. Uh, that that makes sense to me. But I, I wouldn't say that it's a stretch that someone at Game Informer did, in fact, see this uh, see this internal memo. Because even a few years prior, I don't know if you remember this stack, but Nintendo kind of did the same thing where like they listed Perfect Dark Zero and then they immediately took it off. But then like everybody knew that that game existed and so this kind of almost feels like the same thing, except it didn't quite get listed as much. It only got put on a memo that went out. So I could see yeah. this. I could see Game Informer getting their hands on it. Um, yeah. No, but I, I, it's weird that they reported it. See, I think I feel like we might be tripped up here by the words internal memo because I don't think that's exactly what they saw. What I think they saw was... Nintendo probably, and all the developers who show any game at E3, probably provides E3 a list of games and maybe like a short synopsis, some details about the game to E3 so E3 can, you know, list the game on their media and all that, right? Or or have that information available. Or be right. prepared for it inter internally for the presentations. What I'm thinking is Nintendo shared that information to E3. That's the information that Game Informer saw. That's the information that Game Informer probably saw, and then it maybe trickled down to the mods, maybe on some IRC chat or something, right? And then they reported it. And likely, this is the same information that IGN also saw and also reported on. Because later, as we'll talk about, Craig says how he apparently saw a synopsis, they have the story. I'm thinking that what he talked... I don't think Craig ever really saw, and we'll get into this, the actual story or script of the game. I don't think he ever saw that. What I think he actually saw was the same synopsis of the details of the game that Nintendo provided to E3 for a plan showing for at E3 2005, which then they probably yeah. uh, decided not to do and then told E3, hey, we're actually not doing this. E3 stopped, you know, any kind of push for dread that they probably had or whatever it was, any plans for it, and that was that. Um, and, yeah. and then they got that information secondhand. So that's what I think actually happened there. Um, and we'll go into that And one, one on. important... One important part too, you you nailed it on the head, and, and thank you for bringing that. When I say internal memo, I'm talking about exactly what you just listed, where like the you know Nintendo says, "Here's a list of games, here's right. a synopsis." That's that's exactly okay. what I'm referring to when I say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not like a like a, a Nintendo Nintendo internal memo that like the developers right, might yeah. have, but like an like a media E3 kind of one. Yeah, um, something that isn't very unlikely for you know reporters back in 2005 to get. Um, so anyway. Uh, we move on to September 2005. This is when, as we mentioned, IGN reports that Metroid Dread is being developed but not formally announced the game for some time. Um, so I went on the, the, the Wayback Machine, and this was apparently – this comes from a September 19th IGN mailbag. Um, someone by the name of just Sonic with, with no capitalization, just Sonic. Shout out to Sonic. Thanks, thanks Sonic. <laughs> um, asked IGN, uh, in one of the past issues of Game Informer, the – the edition we pre talked about previously from June, uh, they had uh, Metroid Dread listed. Emailed Nintendo. They told me that they don't like to talk about rumored games. So is this game real or not? Uh, at the end of it, the guy the Sonic says, "Please answer me this time because you never emailed me or anything," which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, so Craig, 
So this is uh, what what's it? Craig Harris? I think you said yeah, Craig Harris. So this yeah. is so this is a name we're gonna we've already mentioned a bunch. It's gonna come up a number of times um, throughout these these years, throughout these moments in Metro Dread's history. So Craig Harris is the one who responds to this question from Sonic. Craig says, Metroid Dread is indeed the real deal, though Nintendo may have jumped the gun in letting people in on its development. It showed up in early E3 documents, but since it wasn't going to show, it quickly was dismissed and forgotten at the Expo, likely June 2005, the E3 uh, 2005 Expo. Expect more to show up about the game next year. So this was September 2005. He's saying expect the game to show up next year, 2006. Um, so this is this is Craig uh, Harris, you know, double, I guess not double downing, but like, you know, okay, I know that this exists most likely because he saw those aforementioned Nintendo, um, you know, E3 memos and is like, hey, right. I know the game exists. Nintendo said it, therefore I know it exists. So this is IGN now jumping in on the on it with Craig Harris confirming that Metroid Dread apparently exists at the time. Yeah, and, and you know what? Um, I was I was following IGN, you know, pretty pretty regularly back then, and Craig Harris was. I don't want to say he was like the Jason Schreier of, of that era, but he was probably the closest thing to that. And and I remember when he like when he said something, there was there was a lot of cre- credibility behind it. So mm-hmm. you know, I I was just like, okay, well, if if Craig is saying this, like I I feel like he's not just saying it to get clicks or to you know to drum up needless speculation because IGN doesn't need that. Right. So there is there was definitely something that he saw. It, obviously, he, you know, he pretty much just flat out says that what he saw is what we talked about earlier with like the E3 um, documents that Nintendo would have provided with the synopsis of the game. It is interesting because, you know, he kind of, he kind of speculates later that he knows like the the story in detail. And I, I tend to agree with you that he probably just saw this and that was that. But um, yeah, when, when Craig said this, I was like, okay, well, you know, obviously, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire here. So uh, I was pretty, you know, I was pretty confident in Metro Dread coming out. Yeah, uh, for sure. Obviously, by then, at this point, I think I knew what IGN was. And, you know, growing up at, with games media as it kind of grew up over the years, you knew that IGN was like, you know, kind of the place to get news. One of the only places. So, yeah, you're right. They didn't need to, like, lie yeah. about this kind of thing. But at the same time, I always, you know, going through this, it always made me wonder, like, what Craig actually saw. Because as far as I know, he never actually explicitly says what he saw. Um, which is always, you know, cause if you saw something like that at this point, 15 years later, he might not remember it, but I feel like over the years, there must've been an opportunity to be like, okay, this is what I actually saw, you know, which makes me, you know, think yeah. like, did he actually see anything? Because if I had seen something, if it was only three sentences of, of description, you know, it's not the whole story, but at least say, okay, this is what I saw. This is what I remember, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I always thought it was interesting that he never actually says what he saw. He just says that he saw it. Um, so after that, you know, IGN had reported on it, Game Informer reported on it, but it seems like it's all stemming from something that was seen at June 2005, E3 2005, that never was shown to the public. Um, throughout the few months after that, from, you know, end of 2005 into 2006, we get some kind of reports here and there that are essentially regurgitating what Game Informer and IGN had said. There was a site called Nintendo Next website, apparently, that said on October 7, 2005, that this game was canceled but they didn't give a source, which I find ironic because the Wikitroid itself doesn't give a source for this claim either. And I couldn't find the website anywhere on the internet. I couldn't find it on the Wayback Machine. I couldn't find it on Google. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I don't know if this ever actually happened. I would put a huge grain of salt on that. 
Um, I don't know if this ever really happened. But then six months later, in, well, not six months, but about four months later or so, my math is horrible, February 2006, official Nintendo magazine lists the game as having a possible release date in November 2006, only for the next issue in March for them to say that it's coming out sometime in 2006. And you pointed that out to me. I actually skipped over that because this is, as far as I know, an actual, a real official Nintendo magazine, or was at the time. Yes. Yeah, th- this is this is huge because this is Nintendo officially acknowledging Metroid Dread, maybe even directly or indirectly. But um, so official Nintendo magazine was basically the United Kingdom equivalent of Nintendo Power. And, um, you know, it, it's now defunct, but it, it was around until I want to say about 2011 or, or so, maybe somewhere around then. Um, but this was, you know, this was an officially licensed Nintendo magazine. And I and I don't think that the editors or the editor-in-chief probably worked directly with Nintendo very much. So it is possible that they could have, you know, made uh, a mistake like this and, and it's just an honest mistake. But it does, it definitely gives weight to, you know, uh, we're acknowledging it and here is, you know, here is its potential release. And then obviously someone at Nintendo maybe at Nintendo did reach out and say like, Hey, your, your timeline is a little bit off or maybe the editors just caught it after it went to publication. But you know, enough of a stir was made that they went back to rectify the mistake upon second printing. So this is a very important detail. Um, I think because it's, it's really the first time that officially on paper, not rumor, but like on paper, we have proof of Metroid dread and it, and it kind of starts and continues this theme of like Nintendo, never really acknowledging, but also never really denying the existence of Metroid Dread. So this is the first, uh, this is the first big one to me. But the, the unfortunate part of this is that there is also no source for this. Um, I took a look at some of the, the old scans of the, of, of Metroid content in official, uh, Nintendo magazine, and I can find some covers. There's a bunch of neat little features that they did over the years, but I can't find the, the actual page that lists this. So I guess, I guess without the source, we can say that it's rumor and innuendo, but um, you know, enough people reported this that I feel pretty confident, you know, saying it. Well, I, I feel like a copy, someone has to have a copy of the February 17th edition of a official Nintendo magazine. Someone out there, if you or you know someone who might have a copy of that, page through it a little bit see if you can find that because i'd be very interested i've you know i'm not from the uk i never would have had access to that magazine and it's been you know defunct for so long and that edition came out you know almost 15 years ago actually over 15 years ago now um that it's very likely it doesn't exist but if someone has that i'd love to see it um i think you actually you make some good points but i'm going to disagree slightly because i still don't think this is official proof and and the reason why is you mentioned the word licensed is that this magazine was essentially, you know, it's a licensed magazine. It's not like a direct hand-me-down word-for-word from the developers or Nintendo themselves. They're essentially fans who are okayed by Nintendo and writers who are okayed by Nintendo to report stuff on Nintendo things. So I don't think they ever really had any true information about Metroid Dread, and I don't think them reporting on it confirms it from Nintendo, right? I think it's just something that they probably reported on reading it from Game Informer. They were also regurgitating something that they had heard previously. They probably heard Craig say, you know, look up, you know, look for this game next year. They're like, oh, November 2006. That probably sounds like a good date. Maybe they heard Nintendo- November from somewhere else or they put it together based on some other details. But they got November 2006 somehow. 
likely from Game Informer and IGN. And then maybe either they were told by Nintendo, like, hey, uh, you know, that's not true. And so they got rid of November and just made it 2006 because they're like, well, this has to be somewhat true. So, you know, Nintendo didn't falsely give that information to E3. Like, it had to exist somehow. So maybe that's why right. they knocked it to just 2006. Or maybe someone gave them some information saying the game was, you know, something like that. But I don't think that they were really had any kind of direct connection with information officially from Nintendo other than maybe Nintendo telling them, hey, like this isn't happening in November 2006. Don't say that. But even then, I think I don't even think that happened. They probably just adjusted it because maybe they were given information from someone else. I, As much as it says yeah. official Nintendo magazine, I think the official part comes from the licensing agreement and not as a direct spokesperson for Nintendo in that capacity. Um, right. So I would be hesitant to say that this is proof. I have a theory, and I wouldn't say it's proof either, but acknowledgement maybe is a better word. But I have a theory about what happened. If I were to guess, I would guess that either the editor-in-chief or whoever was running the magazine probably had a contact within Nintendo. And, you know, someone to kind of feed them, give them general direction, you know, what's coming out, what are we writing about, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And this contact, he's probably not high up on the Nintendo food chain, right? Like, this guy isn't the one making decisions about the games or whatever. Yeah, probably So I, I could see this contact maybe saying, because I do believe that Metroid Dread was being worked on. Um, I could maybe see him saying, you know, there's this Metroid game coming out. Uh, you can write about it if you want. And then they went ahead and did that. And then someone at Nintendo was like, hey, pal, like this Metroid game isn't, you know, it's not even ready to be announced, let alone reported on. So tell them to take it out. Um, and so I, I could see that. It is weird, though, that they, instead of just like removing it altogether, just kind of made it a little bit more vague with the release. That that kind of sticks out to yeah. me. But I, I, I could see that be taking place. I certainly don't think that official Nintendo magazine reporting it is like any kind of proof, but it is... To me, it's at least acknowledgement that, like, if that were to make it into a licensed Nintendo product, like, someone somewhere had to at least be working on this game, and this game did have to exist in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, at that point, the 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 speculation and, and news for Dread kind of crawls and comes to a halt at that point. Um, about a month later after that official Nintendo magazine, well, around the same time the second edition came out where they changed it to just 2006 instead of November 2006, um, another gaming news website, Insider, with a hyphen, not the Nintendo Insider forums, just another Nintendo website, uh, they report on a single-story quote-unquote post on March 23rd, 2006, that Nintendo DS editor Craig Harris was asked about the status of Metroid Dread and he responded saying that the game was too early to show at E3 2005 and that it could be shown this year, 2006. Um, I only mentioned this because I thought it was odd that they were commenting on the mail, the IGN mailbag that we already talked about back in September of 2005. But they were, when I went and looked at the article on the Wayback Machine, the article writes as if it's news. They, they talk about it as if it's new information on March 23rd, 2006. And I always thought that was interesting. I mean, I thought that was interesting when I read it. I don't think it means much, but I'm thinking just looking at it from a macro perspective that they might not have known about the Metroid Dread stuff until that official Nintendo Magazine stuff came out. And maybe then they heard about it and reported on the information they then learned from IGN. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was odd that they reported on the IGN mail back six months later. doesn't seem to play into anything, but yeah, just something interesting. You know, 
doing reporting for Zelda Dungeon on news and, and whatnot for the last couple of years, uh, th- this is exactly what you just said. It's kind of, I don't want to say sloppy reporting, but, you know, very, very frequently something will make the rounds die down. And then a couple months later, it will, for whatever reason, make the rounds again. And you kind of got to double check and see if you've already reported on it or whatnot. So I think that this is definitely just a case of that. Well, it certainly seems like it was because nothing comes from it after that. And in fact, nothing comes from Metroid Dread, it seems, for over a year until August of 2007. All you Metroid fans know why that month is important because Metroid Prime 3 Corruption releases for the Nintendo Wii in North America, both the United States and Canada. I also found out that it didn't even release in Japan until I think uh, 2008, which I thought was interesting for the Wii. Um, It wasn't a global release. It wasn't even that close. Um, but anyway, um, I'm sure you all know where I'm going with this. And Metroid Prime 3 has a a scan that um, it has a reference to, to Metroid Prime Dread. On the same day that Metroid Prime 3 comes out, Matt Cass... I'm going to butcher this name. Casa Messina. Is it? Casa Messina, yeah. Casa Messina. Casa Messina. Casa Messina. <laughs> Matt Casa Messina of IGN posts an article um, about uh, Metroid Dread called Metroid Dread Nearing Completion. Um, and you don't even need the Wayback uh, Machine for this one. It's still up on IGN sites. You can go read it right now if you'd like without using it. Um, yep. So the article goes back to how in 2005, two years earlier, IGN got hold of official internal Nintendo software of, of an, an official – wow. They got hold of an official internal Nintendo software list that revealed a number of key DS games set to be announced in the future. So this is that's how it's written exactly in the article. So even though we've speculated – that it's, you know, E3 media documents, um, and that's how they were talked about in the 2005 IGN mailbag. Uh, they say official internal Nintendo software list, though I still think it's the same thing. Anyway, all the games on that list, like you said earlier, like Super Princess Peach and a bunch of other games, were eventually announced and released except Metroid Dread. Um, the article goes on to say that, you know, the game was rumored to be a traditional 2D sequel for the DS, for but was never publicly acknowledged by Nintendo, stuff that we know. And then talks about the scan. We talked about the or tweeted about this on the Twitter account, and it's a scan that you all know uh, in Metroid Prime Three Corruption that has a reference to a a Project Dread or a Dread Project um, in the game. Which obviously, considering its you know time proximity to the news at the time, was seems like a direct reference to Metroid Pro, or to Metroid Dread. The scan specifically right. says experiment status report update Metroid Project Dread is nearing the final stage of completion. So not only does it reference Metroid Dread, but it also hints that the game is apparently going to be done soon. So obviously, this was a huge thing. I spe- definitely remember this back at the time. I thought this was, I mean, everybody thought this was like confirmation. You know, um, it, it, uh, Matt uh, speculates that this is either a, you know, Nintendo is planning to release the game and they gave Retro the okay to hint about it, or Retro was having fun at the expense of Metroid fans, which we learned turned out to be true. But yeah, at the right. time, I don't know if you remember this, but I definitely remember, you know, reading this article, um, maybe not this article specifically, but reading stuff about it, reading the scan, talking about the scan on the Insider forums, and being very convinced that this was confirmation that the game existed. Oh yeah, it, it, this this shot through my body like a lightning bolt when I saw it playing Metroid Prime Three. I will never forget that. Uh, it, and that that might have been the thing that stuck out to me the most playing Metroid Prime Three. I do want to before we talk about the scan, I do want to say too that Mister uh, Casa Messina 
his, his article, which, as you say, is still up on IGN, is unfortunately <laughs> labeled with a very, very misleading title because he the article literally says Metroid Dread nearing completion. And obviously we know that that's not true. Um, and what he's referencing is the scan itself. Right, so yeah. it, it kind of a misleading article. Uh, maybe maybe not the best article uh, that one could have had. Yeah, yeah it's a very clickbaity title. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I remember, I remember going through and and finding this scan, and it's like, it's like a hole in the wall scan. Like you, you know, it's it's not at a, I don't even think it's at like a a red um, terminal. It's just like a your everyday blue terminal. So it's like one in a million in the game. Um, but yeah, this was, you know, how else are you supposed to take it other than this fabled project, which everybody knows about at this at this time, um, directly referencing Project Dread. Uh, and, and not only that, but it's almost done too. So it's, it seemed to me like an announcement was imminent. And this mm-hmm. is at the time too, when Metroid is like, you know, Metroid is doing pretty well. It's pumping out uh, a bunch of different games in, in fairly quick succession. Yeah. So it didn't seem unbelievable that like this game is going to be close to being finished and, you know, we might be playing it soon. So I, I definitely, definitely remember this. I, I thought that that was like so awesome. One thing <laughs> You know, one thing that sticks out is um, the retro developers try and play this off as like a coincidence or, or they say that they're like not that clever or something like that, which is like obviously the most ridiculous lie through your teeth thing that you could ever possibly say. Because like there is no there's no way that this wasn't intentional. And um, one of the developers who uh, his name is escaping me. He eventually does admit that this was intentional, but uh, when I was, re- I remember reading the uh, the interview. Uh, I think I think it was with like MTV or something like or so- something like that, where they were grilling the developers about like this Metro Dreadline, and they like were insisting that it was just a joke and just or not a joke, just a coincidence. And I was just like, "Come on, man! There's there's no way. There's no way." Yeah, well, well, you you've spoiled the next section of my timeline here, Andy. But yes, that is that is what happens. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, that that is something that retro comments on. Um, before we move on to that, real quick, I did want to notice uh, using the Wayback Machine, you can you can go back to specific times the site was like scraped for information, and I noticed that the article that I we just talked about, the IGN one from Matt Casamassina, was posted on the same day of Metroid Prime Three Corruption's release back in August two thousand seven. But the article was updated on May 14th, 2012, almost five years later. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a Wayback update for the article earlier than 2013. So whatever that update to the article did is seemingly lost to history. And certainly, most likely doesn't have any kind of relevant information. But I would love to know what that update was. Because why would you update that article on a random May day five years later, you know? Um, I would love, well, I would so, love to so know. So the update... The update is, is I'm sure, what we're seeing, and the original article is probably lost to history. No, I know. That's what were. I'm saying, is that, yeah, we're seeing yeah, the, yeah. the new article. I want to know what the original article is, because we can't see any updates earlier than 2013, um, and the article was updated in 2012. But anyway, if someone has a photographic memory and remembers what that specific <laughs> article looks like, please, uh, please set me up. Hit us up. So Hit us up with your official Nintendo Magazine article, too. Yeah. So then... Uh, everyone, and, and you did mention, yeah, this is, this is peak Metroid time. This is, I mean, 2007 is probably, I would have to say the best year to be a Metroid fan, I think, because you have Metroid Prime 3 coming out to, to great reviews. You have 
Metroid Prime Hunters to play, Pinball to play, Fusion, Zero Mission came out a few years prior. You have other two Metroid Prime games coming out. Now you have this scan, which is telling you that another Metroid game is coming out, it seems. I mean, I was pretty happy, right? This seemed like it was all good. Don't don't forget, you've got the Virtual Console on the Wii for the first time ever, too. So a lot of people have means to play Super Metroid for the first time now. And the original Metroid, too. So this is just a just a peak yeah. Peak time to be a Metroid fan. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're a Metroid fan at this point, you were you were loving it. And two thousand seven I was fourteen and loving Metroid. So yeah, this was a great time. Anyway, it became not so great, at least for Dread fans, pretty soon after that. So <laughs> um in September of two thousand seven a couple of things happened. Uh first, on September sixth, a site computerandvideogames.com, known as C V G uh, reported that Nintendo is not making a 2D Metroid at this point in time. This is the first time that we get uh, that we get a, a a claim that the game is not being made, and we can find the source, or at least like I can go and find the article. I couldn't find that other site, Nintendo Next, which is claiming the game was canceled back in 2005. But this one, I found the exact article on the Wayback Machine. Uh, CVG themselves reached out to Nintendo, and Nintendo responded um, that they are not making any 2D Metroid at this time. They didn't specify which branch of Nintendo they reached out to. I'm assuming it was Nintendo of America. I wouldn't say that this is outright proof because, I mean, anyone could message Nintendo of America support line and be like, hey, are you making this? And they, they'd be like, no, like, <laughs> screw off, right? Like, yeah. they're never going to say it. But it was a media site, and while it wasn't a big one, uh, they reported it. You know, that's what they had learned from Nintendo. Then, about 20 days later, actually exactly 20 days later on the 26th of that month, we have the interview that you mentioned, the MTV multiplayer blog interview, which is the first time that the scan is, I guess, uh, deconfirmed as being related to Metroid Dread. So um, the interviewer from MTV has the one of the Retro Studios game directors, uh, Mark Pacini, who is being interviewed. And, and he, he does he – get, he gets somewhn't grilled. The question comes up and he, he doesn't he can't get around it too much. but uh, MTV asks them what's the apparent uh, what's the story? Behind the apparent reference in Metroid Prime 3 to Metroid Dread. Mark Puccini responds. Uh, this is what he says exactly. It's not what you think it means. It was something that we overlooked. Or was overlooked. And wasn't in any way indicating anything about the handheld game. We know no information about the handheld games. Uh, the MTV interviewer digs further. And asks if Puccini is suggesting that they got in trouble. For having the scan in the game and having the reference. To which Mark Puccini responds. Not at all. We actually had a fictional element of something else in the game that, by a large coincidence, could be read that we were giving a hint about Metroid Dread, which was not the case. It's a complete and utter coincidence. And then after that, follows up and says, that's all I can say on it. Um, obviously, that's BS. <laughs> that's, um, yeah. Obviously, obviously <laughs> lying. Obviously lying. Um, and later on, there was a... Now, this I couldn't find the actual source for, but apparently senior game director at Retro Studios, another director, uh, Mike Wicken later admitted that this was a joke, despite Mark Puccini saying it was a coincidence previously. Um, the only source I have for this is from a Metroid Database forum post, which uh, apparently the forums are down right now, so I can't pull up the, the post. And the Wayback Machine uh, never scraped that forum post, so I can't pull it up either. So I don't, I can't confirm that this, I mean, the only source for this is the wiki, the, the Metroid wiki, which sources this forum page that I can't pull up. So I can't personally confirm that Mark Wicken admitted that this was a joke, but it I would I would assume that when the forum you know that forum page was available, the source was there and people accepted it as truth. So 
I don't know the context in which Mark Wickens said this. I don't know if it was a post that someone made and was quoting him. I don't know if he was on the forums and made the post himself and said that it was a joke personally. I have no idea, but apparently it was a joke. I, I would assume it was. I would assume that it was an inside joke by the Retro Studios people who likely had no involvement with you know Dread at all, but knew about the speculation, and they threw that little joke in there as uh, Craig Harris or, or Matt Casamassina said earlier as a way to kind of, you know, have a little fun with Metroid fans. So I don't know what your thoughts are, thoughts are on that, but obviously we both agree that uh, Mr. Mark Buccini was, uh, was, was lying in that MTV interview. Yeah. And you almost feel bad for, uh, for Mark there. Cause like you, you gotta, you gotta think he knew that that question was going to come up and he probably, this is probably the best answer he could have given, but even the best answer is just, it's so he's lying through his teeth. I mean, you know, either, either they intentionally put it in and they were just having a little bit of fun, which is obviously what happened or someone put it in without their knowledge and made it to the final, you know, made it, made it to the final game and then was released, which doesn't make them look very good. So it, what's he supposed to say, right? Like it's, yeah. Obviously, this was a wink and a nod at Metroid Dread. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like if I were him in this position, I would have just said, you know, uh, no comment and moved on. Because really, what are you, what are you gonna say? Like he he comes off as as he's you know not telling the truth. Um, so my I don't know. I, I would have had a little bit of fun with it. But yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's no way that you know the universe is a big place, but it's not that big where you can make a coincidence like that. So. Right. No, for yeah. sure. I, and and I believe 100%, uh, you know, maybe even Ryan might have some kind of archives of the uh, the Metro database uh, message yeah. boards. But I, I could totally, you know, I totally believe that someone came out and said, like, yeah, you know what? We we did do this uh, in, in the jokes on us. Yeah, I would I would love to know the context in which he admitted it was a joke. But I, I mean, I don't blame Mark because, like. You can't really say I have no comment because that's just going to make people think, oh, my God, like it's, it's definitely true. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't want to say the truth either. Um, so, you know, saying like, yeah, it's a coincidence. I mean, at the most people think he's lying, but like you can't you can't prove that he's lying. So it's really there was really no way, um, you know, to, to go beyond that, I think. And that's probably why it was the best answer. Um, I also would like to see that forum post because I don't know when it was made. Right. Like, I don't know when the Mike Wicken admitting it was a joke happened. I don't know if it happened back in 2007. I don't know if it happened, you know, within the past few years or past 10 years. I don't know. So that would, I would I would like to, to see for myself. But anyway, that's that's retro kind of first confirming or deconfirming any kind of connection with Metroid Dread. And, and this is where the timeline starts to get dark for it starts to get dreadful, I think, because this is where the the deco <laughs> the de uh, deconfirmation or deformations um the i don't know the just everyone saying it's not a thing starts to happen um and we skip all the way to june 2009 so two years and change about two years passes and now we're in the the golden era of metroid is coming to a close because unbeknownst to us other m is looming over the horizon <laughs> and at e3 2009 other m is revealed i believe and that's when Yoshio Sakamoto is interviewed a bunch about Metroid. So this is where we start to get a bunch of information coming from Sakamoto himself or, or lack thereof. So at E3 2009, uh, Kotaku interviews uh, Sakamoto and Team Ninja producer uh, Yosuke Hayashi. And at the time, I believe Other M had just been announced. So they're interviewing them about it. Obviously, Team Ninja and 
Sakamoto were working together to produce that game. And uh, they slipped in some questions about Metroid Dread. So Sakamoto in that interview claims that he's familiar with that game, but says that Other M is different. He continues and says, The day may come when Dread hits the stores, but this one, Other M, is something that's completely different. At the same E3, IGN's Matt Casamassina comes back into the fold. He was the one who posted that article we just talked about, about the corruption Dread scan back in uh, 2007. Uh, he also interviews Sakamoto, just Sakamoto this time, not the Team Ninja producer. And Sakamoto acknowledges that Metro Dread propped up on an internal release quite a while ago, a few E3s back. So that confirms that that that's probably the internal memo that Game Informer saw, that IGN saw, that internal E3 release. Sakamoto himself also probably saw it, and that's the same thing that everyone else saw. He says, I can only say right now that this is Other M, this is not Metroid Dread. But as a concept, the Metroid Dread idea does still exist within my mind, so maybe sometime in the future I will be able to bring that to you. So it seems like in 2009, it did exist or existed in the past, and Sakamoto was aware of it, but wasn't involved. I don't know if that's the conclusion you're drawing from it, but that's what I'm interpreting. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it, they were right to ask about, you know, did Metroid Dread turn into Other M? Mm -hmm. I think that that's probably a fairly logical uh, conclusion to draw. Yep. So I, I, I do appreciate that they asked that. Um, and this is, this is again, um, Nintendo, you know, kind of acknowledging that Metroid Dread was a thing. I mean, this is the first time that they I explicitly... Think this is the proof here, right here. This is the first yeah. time, yeah. This is the first time where they explicitly come out and say, like, yes, this concept existed. Yes, maybe it wasn't, like, an official game, but they at least went down the road of, like, they put together a concept, they put together an idea. Um, so there's proof that people at one point were working on Metro Dread. We'd assume that was the case for a long time, but, you know, finally, all these years later, this is the proof. Um, you know, again, just kind of... Uh, not really acknowledging, not really denying that it ever existed. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, again, it confirms what we suspected was the case with Game Informer, with IGN, what they saw and, um, where they got their information from. So interesting that, uh, that he says that the idea still exists in his mind. So, uh, he says something a little bit later in this timeline too, that will, that will touch on here that, um, you know, I think we can, trace back to this as well absolutely yeah this is you know sakamoto getting his his hands dirty in the timeline already <laughs> um and and i you know i definitely remember at the time thinking that metroid dread might be connected to other m at some point but then also remembering oh i really hope it's not <laughs> when other m came out <laughs> um so but yeah so that's sakamoto officially commenting out for the first time back at e3 2009 12 years ago May 2010, so we're now a, almost a year later, about 11 years ago, uh, 10 and a half years ago, I guess. On May 3rd, the 2010 episode of IGN's Nintendo Voice Chat podcast, our good old friend Craig Harris rejoins the story. Uh, he was involved in the 2005 IGN mailbag, which kind of started all this off, aside from Game Informer. Um, he was also reported on by Insider six months later in 2006, so he comes back. So he claims that the story for Metroid Dread was fully written and that he had seen it at one point, claiming Nintendo has it and can bring it back at any time. Now, this is how Wikitroid words it. So 
I went back and listened to this episode specifically. I found it on Spotify, and I went back to the 75th episode of the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast to listen to what he said specifically. So around the 47-minute mark, the crew is all speculating about the announcement of a possible 2D Metroid soon, despite Other M had just coming out recently at the time. Um, or what's coming out, whatever, you know, in 2010. Specifically, Craig says, right. this is what, these were his words specifically from the podcast. They still have Metroid Dread, at least the script for it. They do have the story. I saw the synopsis of the game and know it exists, and they pulled the plug at the last minute. But I know it exists, and they can always bring it back. Those are his exact words from that podcast. So just before I throw it over to you, my thoughts were on this from having – because I, I wanted to find that specifically in the podcast how he said it. And I'm still thinking that he – I don't think he – he saw a script. I don't think he saw a plot. He's probably misremembering it at this point because now it's been, what, five years since he had seen that information. I still think he saw that document. He saw the title Metroid Dread and maybe the one or two sentences associated with the title, right? That maybe, like, right. very, very baseline summarize um, what the game was about. He saw that, inferred that because they had that information that they had a whole plot and script done. I don't think they ever did. I think that's something that he added that that was his inference based on there being a synopsis, which isn't always true. A lot of the time the synopsis created long before the script is ever done. Um, so I think him saying they do have the story, at least the script for it, they had Metroid Dread. I think that's him basing that off of a conclusion he made on the synopsis he saw. Because again, I really think that he saw that synopsis, which was one or two sentences, you know, glean the details from it, but didn't actually remember what he what he really read, the actual text, because he's never said it. But at the same time, he's claiming that he's seen a whole script. I mean, if you saw like a whole script or a plot for a game, you'd remember some of those details. Like you, you no matter how many games, no matter how many stories you've read, you would remember that one from Metroid Dread. I'm very convinced that you would. So I don't think he ever really saw that stuff. I think he's he was kind of misremembering the past, making coming to conclusions based on information he had. But that's what he said specifically in that podcast, which I thought was interesting. So I don't know. What, do, what are your thoughts? Do you think like do you do you think he just saw the synopsis? Do you think like there ever was really a script? I don't think there was. My my thought would be, you know, and I'm going to sound like I'm making excuses for uh, my boy Craig here, but I think that there is probably a simpler explanation for this. Um, and I'm going to base this on history of, so I, I'm listening, or I'm a big listener of Nintendo Voice Chat. I don't listen as much anymore, but I for a, lot, for a lot of years I did. And a lot of those guys have actually went on to work at Nintendo. You know, Jose Otero comes to mind as, as someone that did that. Mm -hmm. So obviously these guys have uh, somewhat of a relationship with Nintendo. You know, Bill Trennan, Reggie has come on the show uh, a bunch of times before. So I, I'm going to speculate here that maybe... What, what happened, and this is speculation, but maybe what happened is Craig said that he saw the synopsis for the game and he knew it exists. We know that this is true because he saw the E3 uh, dossier that had Metroid Dread on it. So we know that that's true. I'm My speculation is perhaps he had a contact inside of Nintendo that is just like, you know what, this game is real. They have the script for it. Um, the story is done and it, it can be real. And he's taken that source at their word. I don't think that he ever saw like an actual script. I, I don't think, cause yeah. like what's, what's going to happen, right? Like you printed off the script and like, you know, hey, here, Craig, like take a look at this. Um, I don't right, think that yeah. that is the case, 
but I I could totally see like I could totally see him having some kind of a contact and you know them feeding him hey the the story's done uh it's just a matter of getting the gameplay up to where we want it to be and maybe when they say the story they don't mean like the literal word for word story right. but like the concept the summary, of the story yeah, kind of like yeah. Sakamoto said yeah, yeah. or like, or like so, some kind of like treatment right yeah yeah. I, I think that that is that rings a little bit more true to me, or I could see that being the case a little bit more. Yeah, I that that's uh, I just think that maybe if he if that were the case, he would have said that. You know, like I have a source that told me there's a script they saw, blah blah blah, and I saw the synopsis. Therefore, I can you know, like he pretty much says like I saw the synopsis of the game. I I definitely think that he 100% saw the synopsis of the game at E3 2005. That I believe 100%. But I think yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm convinced that someone told him that there is a script for it or that the game exists or blah, blah, blah. I think I still think those are things that he's extrapolating from the information he got. But, you know, I don't know. And I'm you're right. There are a lot of people that have those connections. And Craig was certainly one of them. So maybe he did know. Um, who knows? Maybe we, but, maybe I mean, we can what, ask what you suggested is is entirely possible and maybe even more likely as well. So it's yeah. Who you know, knows? Um, he, he might just be claiming he saw something. Or that you know, because he had a little bit of knowledge, he's he's stretching that into a lot of knowledge, right? So. Yeah, and you know, it could also be a thing where like he might have saw something really quick, you know, like when he first saw that thing at Metroid Dread, it might have been a quick moment, right? Like he might have like glanced at it or like just quickly saw it in like the heat of a, a moment, and, like a, and and something that happened at E3, and maybe he wasn't able to remember it that well, and maybe didn't even think too much of it because he saw it and he was like, oh, a new Metroid game, right? And like, oh, well, this will probably be announced, you know. And didn't realize, or at the time when he saw it, that like all this stuff would happen later and never actually be announced and never actually be released. So you know, like your memory kind of will, will depend differ depending on how you actually receive the information at the time. Um, yep. So so who knows? It would it would be if, if if only to be a fly on the wall at that at that certain information at that certain at that certain moment. But um, later in the episode, by the way, I, I continued to listen and they talk about Metroid Dread again actually on that on that episode, um, which Wiki Troy doesn't mention. But they do a a, a Q&A towards the end of the episode with some more like mailbag questions. And someone from Bolivia asked them um, if Other M was still the official name or if Dread was supposed to be the official name. And I thought it was funny because everyone on the podcast is still like, yeah, we're still not sure if Other M is the official <laughs> name. We think it's a working name. And they wonder if it sounds cooler in Japanese because it obviously doesn't sound cool in English. Um, I thought that was a funny discussion. So but even back then they were like, what's up with this name? And I definitely remember myself being like, what's up with other M, you know, like <laughs> it turns other, out other was M dumb. was the octopath traveler of its day. It was, it really was. It, it, it walked so octopath traveler could run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that kind of, so this is now we're, we're in 2010, which is, you know, I would stay say still in the territory of dread could come out but it's been a while since like dread had been known about you know i mean we're looking back at this game almost 16 years later right 15 16 years later right. and and that's been a long time but this is still five years later which back then i, I think was a long time especially for like nintendo game development you know like how like can you really think of any games that like for nintendo that were announced in 2005 but then came out in 2010 for example like i can't really think of too many um you know, Nintendo games very often don't have like, like don't become vaporware. You know, um, you know, you know what's sad? The only game I can think of that was announced and is still not out yet five years later is Metroid Prime Four. Oh yeah, it's Metroid Prime Four. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. And, I mean, and keep in mind too, September 2010. Here we are 
I think we're two years out from the Nintendo 3DS. So Dread was being released as a DS game. So, you know, even even if all the stars would have aligned and it would have came out, you know, we've got a new handheld console on the way. Right. And at this point, you know, Other M was, was on the way too. So I, <laughs> spirits were high for Metroid fans until the end of 2010. Um, so, uh, or around, you know, during 2010, I guess. So later in September, Other M finally comes out in Europe. I think it came out in Europe after the other, it, it had released in other regions. So Games TM, which is now or was acquired by at some point by Games Radar, which still exists, um, interviewed Sakamoto on the day of Other M's European release in September of 2010. Um, so Sakamoto again kind of dodges the question. He says, I cannot deny the existence of such a project in the past, but cannot say if it will be what I move on to next or not. I'm sorry, but we'd like to keep that game a mystery. After all, there's been a lot of speculation surrounding Dread, and my hope, if at all possible, is to reset the situation at once and start from scratch. So... I, this, I think, is really, again, just a non-answer from Sakamoto, but we're gonna, the next bit of information is really going to really open things up. And this, this quote, I think, has a lot to do with what I'm about to talk about. But I think Sakamoto was always of the, the, the side that Dread wasn't being developed by him or people he knew or his side of the Nintendo development, and therefore he wasn't involved. And also, if it was being involved and then he were being developed and then he were to be involved, he would rather it be of his own ideas, right? He didn't want to jump onto a project that was already being developed by someone else, if it was being developed. Um, and that seems to be his his position on it. He doesn't seem to be involved at all, really. Yeah, you know, uh, on one hand, I, I think that, you know, obviously we knew that Sakamoto came up with the concept for Metroid Dread, so he, he must have been involved to some extent. Well, do we know that? I don't think we know that, that he came up with well, the concept. He, he had said earlier... Um, he said the concept but was as a in concept, his mind. The, the dread, yeah, yeah, I don't think that meant that he. Mind. I don't think that he came up with the concept. I think he heard the concept and just it, it stayed in his mind. I think is what he meant by that quote. I don't think he was saying he came up with it. I think he was just. It was um, still something on his mind. Either that, or someone was working on Metroid Dread, and he kind of had his own idea yeah, of how he wanted also, Metroid Dread to go, which yep. which could explain why the you know the incarnation of Dread that existed never made it out, but. Um, you know, I, I think that that is uh, a telling quote because I, I think that this is when Metroid Dread, like, really officially died. Like, when he's saying, like, you know what, um, if possible, let's just reset it and start from scratch. Like, that to me is just like, okay, Metroid Dread is... It's dead, yeah. Like, it, it, it's it's dead. It's, yeah. it's not... And if it comes out, it's, it's not going to be anything like what we all heard, what we all saw back in 2005. So th- this is a telling quote from Sakamoto to me because, like, you know, this is this is it for Metroid Dread. Yeah, it seems like it was. It, it does seem like Sakamoto knew. Like, it do- it does seem like the game was being developed separately from Sakamoto and his like development like branch, and he knew of it but wasn't involved and thought, okay, like that's a cool idea, but if I were to work on it, I'd want to restart. So now we go to another five years later, July of 2015. So now that's only six. That's almost that's five and a half years ago. Not too long ago. Right. We're now we're now getting more into the modern era of the current modern era of gaming, I guess. But five years since that, the release of Other M, obviously, there hasn't been a Metroid game since then. Um, Metroid is not doing well in 2015 (laughs) at all. (laughs) 
Um, and in July of 2015, uh, many of you know Unseen64. You might know of them on, on social media, on YouTube, who does a lot of you know game development kind of news and, and YouTube videos and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. Um, goes by their, their actual name is Liam Robertson, but goes by Unseen64. So they had... They have some a uh, some insider with Nintendo Software Technology, NST. For those of you who don't know what NST is, they're a development team that was behind Metroid Prime Hunters. And also behind the failed Project Hammer that was supposed to come out for the Wii, which is a big detail I'll get to soon. Um, so apparently, Liam Robertson, a.k.a. Unseen64, had some kind of insider who worked within Nintendo Software Technology, NST, and was doing an expose on Project Hammer by NST, and in that expose, uh, which also goes into NST's problems with you know Nintendo's Japanese management, also talks about some Metroid games, including Hunters and Metroid Dread. So, what we learned from this, this is the biggest thing, because this is the biggest amount of information that we get about Metroid Dread that is concrete, I think, ever. This is the probably the biggest information dump, and I remember when this came out. It was reported on by Nintendo Life and a bunch of other websites as well. Um, and this was July of 2015. So this is around 10 years after Metroid Dread was first heard of. 10 years, we finally got some details. So apparently, Metroid Dread was actually, be, was actually in development. And there was a working prototype of Metroid Dread that had been created around 2008. If we go back to 2008, that was around the time where, you know, Retro Studios had made a reference to the game one year prior in, in Corruption. There have been talks about it from IGN and Game Informer. So it seems like there was some merit to all that. Anyway, um, that prototype was shown in secrecy to Nintendo of America staff around E3 2009. Um, that's around the same time that Sakamoto is interviewed by Kotaku and IGN, and Sakamoto mentions the game but says that Other M is not involved in it. Anyway, um, so that prototype was shown uh, to Nintendo America staff around E3 2009. Apparently around that time, it was also no longer being called Metroid Dread and was graphically similar to Metroid Fusion. Uh, the source stated that NST was considered a priority studio for development of the game, but was dropped when Project Hammer, that Wii title that never came out, failed. Um, further... They also commented that um, NST wasn't involved at the time, but was apparently also on hand when Nintendo of America saw the project in 2009. And later, it seems like, and we'll go into this later, that the prototype was actually developed by Nintendo uh, Research and Development 1. Uh, so that prototype was developed. It seemed like it was going to get handed off to NST, who worked on Metroid Prime Hunters, but they didn't get it. Um, the name Dread was apparently never prominent in the project. And for those people who did see it, uh, according to Nintendo Life and that insider, it literally looked like a port of Nintendo Fu or Metroid Fusion for the Nintendo DS. So a lot of information right there. Uh, a lot of information. What, what are your thoughts on all of that? That's a lot of stuff right there. Whew. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to work backwards. Um, I, I can totally believe that um, the game itself looked a lot like fusion did on the game boy advance because i remember playing um the ds castlevania games which are very similar to metroid in that they're 2d side scrolling games and three of them came out on the ds three of them came out on the game boy advance and those look pretty pretty similar like there there are some minor upgrades here and there on the ds but by and large they they look pretty similar so i, I can totally see that 
that doesn't really matter to me though but um i, I can definitely see that um wow you know uh so liam robinson uh or robertson uh works on did you know games uh yep. you know pretty pretty credible guy but i i do I do get a little bit weary when I hear like an unnamed insider is providing a bunch of information. Um, you know, some of this information though, definitely does line up and make sense. Um, I can, I can definitely see that maybe the dread name is something that, you know, they, they referred it to at once and then that yeah, just kind of caught fire with the fans and yeah. never really was a thing for Nintendo. But I mean, um, yeah, so I could, I could see, Nintendo passing off development of this 2D Metroid game, you know, much like they would later do with Mercury Steam, I could see them passing that development off to, you know, the developers of Metroid Prime Hunters. Although it does seem odd that they would say, okay, develop Hunters, but then we want you to develop a completely different style of Metroid game. So that that one seems a little bit weird to me. You're not saying that it couldn't happen, um, just that it seems odd that... You know, we're going to get you to develop two Metro titles, but they're going to be completely different. But, you know, I, I can, you know, I can see that happening. Um, it seems to me, yeah, that, that Sakamoto maybe, you know, was was more of an overseer. His team wasn't directly responsible for it. And for whatever reason, he just didn't like what he was seeing. I, I could believe that. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ground to cover in here, and it just... It just again points out to me that like while while we may have had the concept, there was never actually any skeleton to the game. I I don't think like I don't know, I don't know what they could have possibly shown, um, because it says that uh, they showed a prototype of Metroid Dread. I don't know what that could have possibly been like, because it seems to me that you know inferring from what Sakamoto has said that that you know reading between the lines, it seems like the technology wasn't really there to do exactly what he wanted to do with the game. So I, I don't know what that prototype could have been, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, I, I would like to, I would like to take all this at face value, but there is, there's just a lot of moving parts in here and, and some of it doesn't line up for me, but you know, on the other hand too, I, I could see, you know, I, I could see some or a lot of this being, being true yeah no i agree i definitely think that it should be taken with a grain of salt but you know looking at it from face value i think it makes sense to me um for one thing it definitely lines up with like sakamoto's own like reset the situation thing because i think he definitely heard or even saw this prototype which apparently looked like fusion and might have even just been straight up at that point a fusion remake like i think it might have started as a fusion sequel but maybe over time it morphed into a fusion remake and then maybe Sakamoto saw that and was like, I'll do my own fusion remake. <laughs> and he made other M. <laughs> and so like that, I, I hundred percent believe that. And, and that's why maybe like he reset the situation on his own by making other M. Um, why NST would be making um, a fusion sequel rather than the developers of fusion, which were, you know, a Japanese development branch of Nintendo, Nintendo already won. Yeah, that yeah. I, that I don't know because yeah, NST they'd only worked on Hunters previously. They were an American development branch of Nintendo, um, and we'll get into this later. Apparently, Nintendo was even waiting to see. Um, oh yeah, actually, Nintendo Insider reported later that, or at the same time that NST was originally considered for the game's development, but they first wanted to see how Hunters performed critically and with consumers. Then it entered pre-production, 
likely from the R&D prototype. But then when it was supposed to be passed over to NST, it wasn't because they failed with Project Hammer. And I'm thinking that's probably, I think that's what probably killed the game, right? Because it seemed like they planned for NST to make the game. NST failed with Project Hammer. And they're like, well, we're not going to give you this game. And then they end up giving it to nobody. And it kind of just floundered and, and, you know, went off and just kind of was forgotten about, right? Like, if in development, it seems like to me, like, if you don't have that, like, one person that's really pushing for the game to be made, it kind of just falls to the wayside, right? Um, and and Dread didn't yeah. have that game. They, they didn't have that. It didn't have that one person. It didn't have its Sakamoto to drive it forward. It had, like, NST, which was kind of just an amorphous group of developers, right, that didn't seem to have a leader. Um and like you said, was working on a different worked on different games previously. So I think that I think this is probably what really killed Dread is like they didn't know what to do with the game. The Metroid's developers didn't think that the Nintendo DS technology was there, or they wanted to do something different. Um, and then the game overall morphed to like a a fusion remake, which seemed to be kind of fall flat on everybody. And then that was it. You know, like, the game had become no longer a Fusion sequel to a Fusion remake. The Fusion remake wasn't exciting anybody or, like, wasn't able to be made or whatever it was. And then no one kind of put more effort into it or tried to make it back into a sequel or try to push it to the 3DS or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm personally going to take it at face value. I don't know if they would lie about it. I mean, obviously, they're maybe they're not lying. Maybe they heard differently. I don't know. But yeah, this was all yeah, pretty eye-opening. I don't think anybody's lying. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't think so either. Um, but yeah, the, this is the only. It, it just like really sticks out to me that you would say to NST like, "We want you to make Metroid Prime Hunters," and then completely redo and make a different kind of Metroid game. That that seems like an yeah. odd decision. Not saying that that couldn't have happened, um, but it just seems odd. I, I I don't think that this is my speculation or my theory. I think that. Never were they going to remake Metroid Fusion because at this point, Metroid Fusion is only three, four years old. And as we point out, you're not getting that much of a, you know, higher resolution, better graphics, better gameplay on the DS than the Game Boy Advance anyways. I could see them perhaps taking Metroid Fusion, the game, putting it on uh, the Nintendo DS and using that as like the skeleton of the game and Sakamoto not being super impressed with that and saying like, no, this looks exactly the same, and, and we need to do something better to make this stand out. I I could yeah. see that happening, and then, you know, if Sakamoto is not 100% behind the concept, uh, or maybe not the concept, but, like, not 100% behind how the game is going to be delivered, him just kind of being, like, one foot in, one foot out is really, you know, again, what, what really spells the end for Metroid Dread. Yeah, no, I, I think there, that definitely could be the case, too. I mean, I remember when Metroid Fusion was first showed off at E3. Like, I don't remember, but going back and watching it, it looked like kind of like a a weird, like, almost Super Metroid on the GBA. Like, it didn't look as good as the actual Fusion product ended up being. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they showed off this kind of janky-looking, old GBA-looking Metroid, and they weren't really impressed with it. Um, that being yeah. said, I definitely... I definitely don't want to make it seem like I think that it started as a Metroid remake because I don't. If Metroid Dread was in development as early as 2005, yeah, Metroid Fusion came out, you know, uh, four year, uh, three years prior in 2002. Didn't need a remake at that point. But I do think that there's a solid chance that by 2009, seven years later, a Metroid Fusion remake was more likely and, and might have been what the game morphed into. I do think that is possible. Maybe that's you know not, maybe that's also why it had fusion graphics because it might have literally been a fusion port. But I also agree that yeah, really solid chance that they were 
using the fusion engine or graphics or whatever as a base for the prototype as well i think both are, are likely um who knows right. i guess we'll never know i would love to see that prototype or whatever it was i i, I mean I, I would i wonder if it exists in some capacity somewhere right i doubt it but it, you know who and, knows? And that to me is, is another thing that sticks out because like we have this prototype but you know, we, we've heard Sakamoto say, like, all all I have is the Metroid Dread idea or the concept. So it never sounded like well, there was actual pen to paper. Well, so that's, that, that's that, what that, I'm saying. It's interesting. I don't think that's, again, I don't think Sakamoto is saying that he came up with it. I'm thinking he heard of the idea or saw the concept, and then that was something that stayed on his mind. I think there were two separate things. There was the actual Metroid Dread that was really in development in, in a prototype, and then the version that Sakamoto wanted to make maybe or that was in his head that he didn't make or then ended up making other m i think that's what happened because I, I definitely don't think that he's saying that he came up with the idea and from what i've gone through there's nothing claiming or proving that he came up with it um mm. but yeah so anyway i i would also like to hear from someone who apparently was there i mean there's no proof from any nintendo of america employee that said yes i was not that they would claim that publicly but like no there's there's no like witnesses like no one spoke anonymously like after the fact about this like like they're saying that not only was nintendo of america employees shown this but nst employees were apparently on hand or or heard about it or whatever so that that's saying that like a multiple people would have either been on hand or have heard about a prototype that existed yet no one has ever leaked the prototype or footage of it no one's ever gone on record saying that they saw it other than people who claim that people who saw it you know what i'm saying like, I, I think that's interesting, right. too. Like, if the prototype existed and people saw it in 2009, that was only 10 years ago. And that, I mean, I feel like there'd still be someone who around who could claim, who would be able to, to uh, you know, say yes to that effect, right? And be like, yeah, I was there. Yes, I saw it. Or no, that never happened. No one ever saw that. Or I don't know. It was shown only to certain kind – maybe only certain people saw it. I don't know. I would love to I would love to find out. I Maybe it's just, we should start emailing Nintendo of America employees. Like, hey, were you there? I would love to know. Uh, yeah, I I would love to see it. It my gut tells me it was just Metroid Fusion. And, yeah, it was probably you know, like a Metroid Fusion mod or something. You know, it basically yeah, basically a Metroid Fusion mod with some ideas pitched like we could do this, we could do that. Yeah, um, and sure. maybe and maybe the technology of Metroid Fusion with didn't line up with the ideas that were pitched, mm -hmm. and maybe that's you know one of the reasons again why Sakamoto's one foot in, one foot out. But you know that's just speculation. Well, who knows? Who um, knows? A month later, though. So after all, oh no, I'm sorry, not a month later. A few months later. So this was all we just talked about was a uh, was published in July of 2015. So then October of 2015, a few months later, um, there is a a podcast, the uh, the Switch On Nintendo Week podcast. I don't know if that's the actual name, but that's what the YouTube video says. Um, from some podcasters on October 16, 2015, they interview on Scene 64. They they interview Liam, and they do a follow-up to the expose. So he claims that the prototype that we just discussed, the Metroid Dread prototype, had a map on the bottom screen of the DS with gameplay on the top screen. He revealed that Craig Harris could not recall the synopsis he had seen of the game and that materials were selectively distributed to the press around 2005. Likely at E3 2005, though that's my speculation. Uh, Liam Robertson right. then speculates that Dread was dead by 2010 and was developed by the same team behind Fusion, who we know as Nintendo Research and Development One, which is what I talked about earlier. So this is just going on, you know, claiming like, and, and this is probably the story that, I mean, this is what everyone kind of runs with afterward, right? Like what Nintendo or what Metroid Dread would have looked like, right? 
But I mean, we we can all assume that that was their intent with any Metroid game on the DS. It's still crazy to me that we never got a Metroid DS game, considering how obvious it seemed to be. But they never made one. But that seems like what they were going with. I also thought it was interesting. He says that Craig Harris could not recall the synopsis he had seen of the game when Craig was so like vehemently like gung ho, yeah, gung ho yeah. about it. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I thought like this guy definitely saw like the materials were selectively distributed to the press around 2005. That's 100% the E3 media memos that they got in 2005 at E3 2005, right? A bunch that was circulated by Nintendo. Craig Harris must have saw that synopsis and that's the story he remembers. That's the plot or script that he can confirm. And that's why he also probably doesn't remember the specifics because it was probably like a two sentence blurb on some you know piece of paper he read at the events. And if you've ever been to E3, there's a billion things happening. It's super loud. Tons of people always trying to talk to you. I'm sure this is something he might have seen maybe quickly in the media room, which even then is sectioned off in the public, but still can easily get crazy might have saw it in passing. Um, but this does confirm, or, you know, quote-unquote confirm, a lot of the details that we're speculating and were kind of brought up earlier. Craig seeing the synopsis, the details of, of the what the game would have been like, the game being dead by 2010, which, you know, if the game was showed off as a prototype to Nintendo of America in 2009 and they didn't like it, well, then it probably was killed by 2010, you know, a year later. And then, as I mentioned, was developed by the fusion team nintendo research development but for some reason was pushed over to nst potentially um yeah i thought this was an interesting follow-up because it gives us a little more information um i didn't listen to the podcast like very as much as i did the uh voice chat the ign voice chat podcast so maybe if someone who's listened to that episode a bit more might be able to give me more details or maybe i'll go back and listen to the whole thing but um, yeah, this this does kind of confirm if we're going to take this at face value, things that we heard previously. Yeah. And and I think that, um, you know, I, I think that even even if you had no knowledge at all, you could you could probably speculate with, I'd say, like a 90 percent accuracy that like, you know, the map is going to be on the bottom. Right. And the, the screen is going to be on the top. Um, the one thing that I, I did think that stuck out to me here is so liam says that dread was dead by 2010 and was developed by the same team behind fusion um which is weird because then i'm assuming that they would have been the ones to put together this prototype which sakamoto didn't like and then comes in nst so it is weird that they that they put together this you know this version or this demo almost if you will of metro dread and sakamoto's just like eh this is not good and kind of poo-pooing on his own team um but that, yeah. you know, that kind of lines up with what uh, we'll finish off with the last two points here. And I think that this all ties in together with, um, you know, what what is to come here the next time we talk to Sakamoto. Right. So the next time we talk to Sakamoto is two years later, June 2017. 2017, as you know, it was the year that Samus Returns was to come out. It's the first veteran game to come out other than Federation Force. And Federation Force kind of got skipped over in this timeline. Um, it's, it's the first kind of main quote unquote Metro game that came out since other M seven years prior. Um, so IGN's Evan Campbell, I believe, at least he posted the article, but he just refers to IGN, but I'm pretty sure he was the interviewer. Uh, he talks to Yoshio Sakamoto and Sakamoto quote unquote shoots down the connection when asked if dread and Samus returns have any connection saying, I think it's better to say that this is a remake remastering a Metroid 2, a powered up version of that and not something to do with the other project. In the same interview, he seemingly talks about being interested in Metroid title, 
allowing you to display the map on a second screen and interact with elements of the UI by touching them or since the time of the Nintendo DS, as in he was interested in that kind of idea. So again, that kind of goes back to him having this idea for Metroid Dread in his mind that never really came to fruition. And then a year later, in August 2018, to kind of round out this whole timeline, as far as we know, the last kind of information talked about, spread, shared about Metroid Dread, August 2018, uh, Habo Gonzalez, I believe a, a Spanish-language uh, uh, video game site, interviews Sakamoto, who says that the Nintendo DS did not have the technical specifications to make the new Metroid game that he had in mind. So, at least from what I'm reading into this, I, I don't think that Sakamoto himself saw the prototype, right? And and probably wasn't he really involved in, like, the NST team at that time, right? I don't, I don't think he might have even had too much involvement with them. I think he might have heard about the prototype. NST puts together this prototype. It eventually becomes something that is either a fusion remake or kind of looks like fusion, but doesn't really, isn't really like, you know, taking advantage of the Nintendo tech or the DS technology too much or isn't doing a lot of what Sakamoto would have liked in a Metro game. He hears about that from someone who was present or hears about it themselves, tells Sakamoto and Sakamoto's like, eh, I'm not really interested in that, despite it being maybe involved with NST or not. Um, and then that gives him potentially the idea to do other M, maybe his own way, right? I think I honestly think that was it, is that he didn't want to do that he was interested in the idea of dread, which is why he kept saying it was in his mind. He wanted to do this. Maybe he couldn't do it his own way, or the DS technology wasn't there. So he's like, I'm gonna do it on um on the Wii, because he came up with like a different vision for it, I guess, after seeing or hearing about that prototype. The prototype essentially is dead, and we get other M instead. I think as much as Sakamoto says that Other M and Dread were not connected, I do really fundamentally think that they were in some way connected, either as like an influence on Sakamoto or something. or And, and maybe even Other M not doing well after that, Dread didn't continue production, you know? so I mean, I, I think that it's like a recursive kind of influence on it, but it seems like by the end of it, Sakamoto was not convinced that the DS could handle what he wanted to do at the time. Maybe that's why he wasn't involved or interested in Dread's development and therefore didn't spearhead it right. and give it the energy and, and boost and support it needed to become a game. And, and by then, the game really, truly was dead a few years after it kind of, you know, was announced. Who knows? I, I think the line right there that the DS did not have the technical specifications to make the new Metroid game he had in mind is is really what killed Metroid Dread. So I'm, I'm going to put the timeline together here as best as I can. So I think that um, that Nintendo R&D 1 developed a concept and a, a prototype for Metroid Dread, and it was basically just Metroid Fusion, which was reskinned. And I think that uh, Sakamoto saw this and was like, this isn't, you know, this isn't the next evolution of Metroid that I want. This isn't mm -hmm. what I want to do. It's not the, the game that I want to make and, and, you know, put my name on. So I think that he scrapped that. And I think that the concept still existed, and maybe they tried some things with NST to see if they could, you know, do do something a little bit different um, that wasn't just strictly like Metroid Fusion Plus on the Nintendo D on the Nintendo DS. But I, I don't think you were ever going to get that working on the Nintendo DS. So I think that it eventually just fell by the wayside and, and was just like, we're going to hold on to this project until, you know, until the technology catches up. But then at the same time. You have Metroid Prime Hunters, which doesn't really perform as well as it should have sales-wise. You have Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, which doesn't really perform as well as it should have sales-wise. You have Other M, 
uh, Federation Force, etc. All these games, even Sam's Returns, God bless its soul, which don't really perform all that well. Um, and so I could see them just being like, well, we're not going to devote resources to this right now because the series is on kind of a, a downswing. M- maybe, right? Yeah. But I think that, I think that um, as much as he says Samus Returns is, you know, its own version, it's its own thing, I think I could see a lot of the concepts that he would have wanted to potentially put into Metroid Dread being present in that game. Stuff like the yeah. melee counters, stuff like the, you know, kind of the 2.5D graphics, stuff like... The, the higher, the more buttons, you know, all, all of that stuff. I could see that existing as at least like the blueprint for how he would have wanted a new 2D Metroid game to control. Because I yeah. I think if we if we are to get a new 2D Metroid, it's going to be a lot like Samus Returns. I, I think that. Um, but at the same time, I, I could totally see elements of what would have been Metroid Dread going into Other M as well. Because that was, you know, maybe he had the idea in his mind, like, okay, I want Metroid Dread to be like this really cool game that, that doesn't exist in 2D, but doesn't exist in 3D, yeah. and it's its own thing, which of course we knew Other M went on to be. So I, I could see both of those scenarios uh, being true. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I really think that like the Dread that we were going to get obviously doesn't exist anymore. We're never going to get that. No. You know, it's it's the... Uh... It's it's the Dr. Dre's detox of video games. Like that that game doesn't exist anymore. And you're right. The elements of what would have been that game, I think, appeared in both Other M and Samus Returns. I think Other M was the result of Sakamoto wanting to do. You're right. That kind of game, like this 2D, 3D game that's more cinematic and blah blah that the DS couldn't support. So he wanted to. So he did it on on the Wii, and he you know made it Other M. And at the same time, the gameplay elements that we expected of a Metroid Dread to be ended up being what Sam's Returns ends up being built on. So I think, in a way, Dread's development led to both of those games. Probably more indirectly for Sam's Returns than Other M, because Other M was a lot more recent. And Sam's Returns is kind of just like the natural progression of like a game, a Metroid game on a handheld. But I really do, like, I honestly am going to, I'm going to blame, I'm blaming Metroid Dread for the release of other m i really genuinely believe that sakamoto was inspired to make other m based on what he had saw and or heard of the metro Dread development i i i'm after going through all of this i am a hundred not a hundred percent but i'm very convinced of that that he learned of it he saw it he's like i don't want to do that i'm gonna do this and he made other m so in a way metroid dread which was supposed to be our savior ended up being <laughs> ended up being the cause of all of our strife bro I'm telling you. Um. <laughs> uh, I, I don't disagree. I, I think it kind of dovetailed yeah. into both games. Like It did. Certain, it definitely did, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you know what? I also... Uh, I, God, I can't remember who said this, but it was a great question. Um, somebody said to me... Somebody said to me, um, you know, do you think that they'll ever do, like, a Star Fox 2 situation where they eventually release Metroid Dread, like, down the line? I don't think there is enough of Metroid Dread to ever release. I, I really don't think that this like as a concept sure maybe there is a start to finish but as an actual game i i don't think it was ever you know i there was there was nothing there to release so i don't think that we'll ever get that i love that people still talk about metro dread like <laughs> 15 years later 16 years later uh it's just it will never die until nintendo literally releases a game called metroid dread yeah which i kind of love i i 100 agree it will never i will not be satisfied until metroid dread comes out 
Um, and I hope no one else is either. And you bring up, you brought up the questions. We actually did ask people for for questions on this, so I think we should we should try to get to a few here. Um, we tweeted about it back on the twenty eighth, a couple days ago. If anyone has any questions about the fabled Metroid Dread, and we had a couple of listeners on the show ask us some questions, so I don't know whether were, were there yes. any questions that that stood out to you, or we just going to go through all of them. Uh, I'll pick a couple. Uh, let's let's take a couple because we're we're running long here, and I think that we've answered a lot of we have. the questions yeah. through the course of our show here. But yeah. um, let's do a couple. Let's do them rapid fire here. Um, so Drake, uh, God, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Draconic Quest asked, uh, "Would it have been a 2D sprite work, or would it have been, or would it have tried 3D models like Samus Returns?" In my mind, it was going to have been 2D sprite work, and Sakamoto didn't like that because it wasn't 3D models. So I yes. think that that is fairly likely. I I agree 100% with that. Yep, and that's why we ended up eventually seeing what we saw in Samus Returns. Um, so World 1-1 Podcast asks, "Do you think anyone that was involved with it will ever actually talk about what happened?" I don't know, man. I feel like if they haven't talked by now, it's uh, probably not forthcoming. I, you know, I, I hope maybe someone listens to this episode and hits us up, or or hits someone us hits someone else up for us or something. Yeah, I would love to talk to someone who isn't like under NDA, like this this twenty year NDA for Dread or something. Like, I, I would I would really love to to talk to someone about it. Maybe we could do a follow up on this where someone actually that would be the most epic episode. Someone actually talks to us about Dread, who was involved with it. But no, I don't I don't as far as we know, no one involved has really talked about it publicly and I don't know if anyone actually will. I think it would it it might have really never been as tangible of a, of a thing that we really think it is, right? Like maybe that prototype was only made by a couple people who maybe don't even really remember all the details, right? Or it was handed yeah. off to some contractors. Like it might be a lot less of a game than we think it is. Even after going through all of this and knowing that it was pretty much just a prototype and some and some synopsis, right? I think it might even been less than that. So I don't know. I I would like to think that someone eventually will talk about it, but I'm not getting my hopes up. No, I agree. Um, Metal asks. Um... I once shared the Wikitroid article on it with a friend who said it sounded like System Shock 2. Are either of you familiar with the game? And if so, is it actually that similar to the story of it? First of all, I don't know what you would have shared that inspired like comparisons because there's really nothing there. But I am not uh, I'm not familiar with System Shock 2. I've heard good things, though. Um, I have not played System Shock 2, but I know that it is a a, uh, a spiritual like precursor to the Bioshock series. Um, I have played parts of the original System Shock, but it was so long ago that I honestly, I mean, it was probably when the game came out. Like I was like a very, very young, haven't played it since then. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know what they're referring to in terms of it being the story being similar to System Shock 2, um, because we don't know what the story of Metroid Dread is, unless they're talking about the story of System Shock 2 being similar to what we think Metroid Dread would be. But I don't even think we can be in, in agreement on that. Um, as far as I know about System Shock 2, it was supposed to be um, a standalone game, but then eventually was changed into a sequel for System Shock. So maybe that's what they're getting at. Maybe they're talking about the development story. But I think it was the. Uh, I, I don't think. It, I think it was. I don't think it's very similar to that either. I think it did start as a sequel and then became. Maybe it's in reverse. It was a sequel, then became its own standalone or a remake. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. But. I, I, I've heard that System Shock 2 is a very good game, so maybe we should play it. <laughs> I'm not very yeah. familiar with it, though. I have played bits and pieces of the first one, and I've played Bioshock. That's about it. 
Love Bioshock, by the way. Bioshock is great. Yeah, uh, that's a game we ought to play yeah. on this for the show. I think. Yeah, uh, book it. All right, um, just a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Hiba Hussein asks, "Would this have been a good chance to make serious changes to the Metroid formula, and what changes?" So yeah, I I think yeah, that this. I think it would have been a great opportunity and that's maybe one of the reasons why we didn't see this game is because, you know, you're limited for what exactly changes you can do on the Nintendo DS. Um, like I said earlier, I use Castlevania as an example and like, you know, touch, touch screen gimmicky aside, those are very much like the same games. So I don't think it would have been a huge leap from Metroid fusion to Metroid dread had that happened. And I think that that fed into why we never saw Metroid dread. Yeah, agreed. I think we probably saw a really safe, basic prototype that just didn't inspire like people to be like, yep, let's make a new Metroid game. But yeah, this, I mean, especially now, we talked about this on a previous episode, how like we definitely think the, the formula needs to be changed. We'd love to see a future Metroid 2D Metroid game change up the formula. I mean, I definitely think it, that should happen. I don't, I don't want to play a safe Metroid game. I think Samus Returns was a safe Metroid game. I really want to see them mess around with the formula. Um, that being said, the second part of the question is, would this have been a good time to explore other areas of her past that we know nothing about? I'm not going to speak for you, Andy, but for me, no, please, no. I want to end. I want to end. We've talked about this in, on the show previously, but I still stick with the the side of I really want the Fusion sequel to be a sequel to Fusion and end that story and give me the, the ending of the story that I've wanted for for I mean, it's been 19 years now. Um, I honestly can't think of another game fran any, any franchise any media property that i can think of that i'm a fan of or even know where you have to wait almost two decades for the continuation of the story or the ending of it um i guess game of thrones is probably one of them because they're still waiting for the end of those books but yeah it's, it's a shame we haven't gotten the end of that story i don't care about her past at this point every time i go into her past it's like i've already learned enough about it i want to see uh new events happen but that's just me yeah you know I wasn't even going to bring up the second part because for me, the story, it, it doesn't like, it doesn't even matter to me. Like I just, I want the new game. The story can be whatever it is. Uh, as long as it's good, that's fine. Um, so it, it doesn't matter to me. I guess, I guess on the very base, like the fate, taking this at face value, I would be more interested in also seeing what's unfolding and rather than learning more about Samus herself in her past. Um, two more, and then we'll get out of here. Matt says, how far along do you think it was before it got canned? Not very far, Matt. Not very far, it seems. Um, Not I, very far. It's, I mean, from what we've pieced together, it seems like... I mean, it seems like they had an idea for the game and probably promotional stuff for it before it was even, like, in development, even the prototype, right? That's probably why, like, they had it ready for 2005, but then when, like, they really still didn't have a prototype ready, they, they canned the E3 2005 appearance. And then if the proto prototype was shown off in 2009, apparently, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put actual development on that prototype any earlier than, than 2008, maybe 2007, right? Um, if, if, cause I doubt a prototype would be worked on for any longer than that. So, I mean, it was probably a flash in the pan in terms of how long it actually really existed. It probably existed as an idea for several years up until 2007, 2008. Then they slapped together a prototype, and within 2008, 2009, like, that was the actual lifespan of, of the, the game, quote-unquote. Um, that's that's what I've interpreted. I'll give an actual reference as to what I think, like, a comparable reference for people to make an easy comparison to. 
I bet you that the prototype was shorter than the opening of Super Metroid, where you go into Sarah's station and get the the baby Metroid. I bet it was shorter than that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, All right, last one. Yeah. Uh, Griffin, big Griff, <laughs> shout out to you. Uh, asks. If Metroid 5 involves Samus being on the run from the Federation, will she have some kind of cool cape? This is a this is a famous image among Metroid fan, Metroid fans. It's from the the manga here. I don't I don't know. I I'm not really digging the cape look, but it, I would be happy if it showed up for some people, but I think that uh, Big Griff you're you're probably never going to see Samus in a cape if I had to place my bets. <laughs> yeah, um all of us fans of people wearing armored power suits, you know, Halo has the same thing from the, the marketing materials and the commercials from Halo 5, where Master Chief is, like, in a desert wearing, like, a Snuggie. Um, I don't know what it is with, with armor armored people needing to wear a cape that would not do anything because they're already wearing armor. Uh, especially in Samus's case, because at least Master Chief is, like, shaped like a person. So like he's he could at least like kind of like obscure his identity a little bit despite the fact he's like almost seven feet tall and like a walking tank like at least a cape would kind of like make him look like a vague humanoid person but like if you're looking at this am- image like the cape goes over her big shoulder pads so her shoulder she pads. still looks like Samus <laughs> like it would it would still look like her even if she was completely obscured by the cape so it wouldn't even do that I think the only thing it, I, it does look cool though it looks cool it looks cool I think that would be cool is if that was part of her camera character is if Samus was only wearing it solely because she thought it looked cool um then I would be okay with it because I don't think Samus would be dumb enough to really think that would for wearing it for the intended purpose would actually work. Um, or maybe she's in a desert where like the wind and the sand is so strong that it could like destroy her armor and she has to wear a cape, but then like, is the cape stronger than her armor? I don't know. Sick image though. Um, if Metroid five involves Samus being on the run from the Federation, I absolutely think it should. I hope it is. And yeah, screw it. Give me, give me Samus with a cool cape. I'm down for it. I think it looks awesome. And I think character-wise, if they just had it so that Samus thought it was cool or something, or she was doing it for some other reason, other than, like, a practical reason, which wouldn't be effective, I'd be down for it. So, yeah, why not? Give give Samus a cape. Well, there you go. That is Metroid Dread, the entire history in its entirety. That's wow, it. that was a lot of information, a lot of rumor and innuendo. Dak, you did a great job putting this timeline together, bud. Yeah, man. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to go through. I think this is... Uh, a pretty compre- a pretty comprehensive uh, history of the game as far as we know and and hopefully maybe someone has that that magazine that official uh Nintendo magazine uh, edition that that scan maybe someone has uh video footage of that prototype maybe someone has a connection to someone who was there like that's that's what I would love for to come from this episode if someone were to follow up with us and be like hey we'll make your history even more comprehensive but yeah, this was awesome. Um, I learned a lot, even more than I thought I knew about Metroid Dread. I wonder where God of Destruction and G.I. Rainer and Beautiful Gamer are from the from the Game Informer thread that started all this off on June 2005. I wonder how Craig Harris is doing. Um, Shoutouts to him for showing up in this storyline time and time again. Uh, that MTV interviewer, Mark Puccini, all, all the players in this story played their role very well. But yeah, it was great. I love going through the history. Uh, my The Metroid Prime history episode we did is one of my favorites and i was really happy that we were able to go into the development of my favorite non-game game of all time so yeah i i hope one day we get metroid dread even if it's just in name 
And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get some, maybe, maybe one day the timeline from Metroid Dread will continue and we'll be able to do a follow-up episode and, and, and start where we left off. I would just lose my mind if, if in Metroid Prime 4, whenever that eventually comes out, there's also a Metroid <laughs> Dread reference. That would be so great. Oh, man, I hope so. Uh, I hope so, too, man. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. This has been a long one, but thank you for, for listening and sticking through the timeline with us. Uh, the hits keep coming here on the Omega Metroid pod because we are back next week with Inspired by Metroid, our first one in a long time. And uh, anybody that's been following me on Twitter knows I got some thoughts ready. But that is going to be for next week. For now, we are going to get out of here. Well, I would like to thank everybody for listening and uh, for following us on Twitter too. Our, our uh, We're over 500 now, uh, 500 followers. So that's really cool to see. Um, give us a follow at Omega Metroid pod. Check us out individually as well while you're there at Spateria316 and at DaxCity underscore. And of course, we want you to check us out over on iTunes, Spotify, Google Pods, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast. Like and subscribe. Give us that sweet five-star review if you feel that we've earned it. Until next week, everybody, take care. Oh, oh, oh.